Welcome back to Rips, Reps, and Revelations. I'm your host, Lynn Ruthless. I'm co-host and producer, Blue the Barbarian. For today's episode, we're going to be having more of an open discussion about diet and dietary changes and guidelines and diet culture as a whole. So what do you mean by diet culture? Well, I mean, we have touched on it a little bit in the past. Um, Diet culture in the sense that what we have come to know as diet or dieting and how that kind of impacts our, our functioning now in terms of your body and what you're putting in it and, and the constant cycling of diets and all this, you know, keto and all the stupid stuff you hear about. Yeah, I was just about to say um, keto, basically. And uh, it's all, all sorts of branded diets. Is that what you're kind of talking about, too? Yeah, it's all going to kind of be meshed together today. Yeah, so I think that um, diets... Uh, there's a lot of reasons diets don't work. But, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't like when people use the term, I'm going on a diet. It, it makes me cringe now. Uh, it never really, I, I understood it before. But now that I know more about nutrition and what's, what's going to work um, for maintaining a healthy lifestyle, diets are not it for me. Um, because it's not a permanent solution. Right. Right. And in... I think that's where we get the very definition of diet and dieting completely incorrect because your diet is quite literally just what you eat on a daily basis. There is no alternate, you know, real alternate definition. Your diet is your diet. It's what you're eating right now. It's what you're going to eat in an hour. It's what you've already eaten today. It's, it's, you know, that's what your diet consists of. So dieting in in the way that we know it as you're changing your habit for this period of time is right. not normal. Right, like a 30-day weight loss program. You're, uh, right. The statistic is that you actually tend to gain more back afterwards than you had before you started that. Right, because the issue is, right, the reason that there's this constant cycle of dieting is is because you're not changing anything about your actual habit. You're not changing anything about your lifestyle. You're going into this with a start date and an end date. There is no start or end to your diet. Yeah, there shouldn't be an end date. Like it shouldn't be a 90-day, you know. Fast uh, or, yeah. or, you know, what is it right now? The 75 hard, I believe it is. That's a new or one? Something like that, yeah. Ooh. There's more involved in it. I haven't really looked into it, so don't take me <laughs> face value for that. But I know it involves like exercise and changing your dieting habits, but it's like you know, you have to go to the gym twice a day and eat so many calories and stay within really? this. Yeah. So, okay, great. You achieved something for that 75 days and you're proud of yourself. Let's say you made it to the full 75, right? You did all of it. Now what? Well, now you're done. Now you're done, right? Right. But what <laughs> happens when you're done, right? All the things that you have now restricted yourself from for 75 days, all of a sudden are, are back on the table. Mm. So what was the point? Of the 75 days. If you did it just to say you did it and like that was your goal is to prove to yourself you could do it, okay, great. You finished your goal. But if you your goal was to implement habits and behaviors and, and make it a healthier lifestyle, you didn't do that. Right. So I think that baby steps are kind of a good way to go about making a lifestyle change. Because here, yeah. here, here's where the key is um, for me is making a lifestyle change. You're, you're changing your diet. You're not going on a diet. Right. You're changing, changing your diet. Your diet yeah. for your lifestyle. Right. So you you make a small change, like cut out soda. Or, or even you know, if you're drinking drink, regular, go to diet. 
So it's just a, it's more of a long-term thing that you have to be concerned about. Right. And, uh, I think changing one thing at a time is it works for uh, more people than just going on like a temporary, um, all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think also that you have to get what you know is dieting and like the notion of dieting out of your head a lot because when you think about, okay, like I'm starting a diet on Monday, right? Here we are at Sunday. We're starting a diet Monday. First of all, you're already, your mentality surrounding it is already a problem because you're putting a start date to changing your life. Like it, it doesn't work that way. Like right. you said, it's the baby steps. And now knowing that starting Monday, I'm not going to be able to eat the things I want to eat. What am I going to do all weekend? Stock up on the ice cream. I'm stuffing my face full of everything yeah, <laughs> that I, I'm denying myself of moving forward. Right. But that's why it doesn't work. Absolutely. Because the bottom line is your preferences are your preferences, your taste are your taste. And just denying yourself these things is only going to create this cycle in your head where you're just going to keep thinking about it and you're going to end up binging. Right. So when I think about this stuff, it takes me back to like where we learned all of this from. And mm -hmm. like growing up, I heard, you know, uh, about all these different diets. And um, the other thing that we learn about um, eating and, and nutrition is the food pyramid. Oh, gosh. And we, we talked about, we've been talking about that a lot. Yes. Lately. And there's something very interesting about the whole thing to me, right? Because the first federal food pyramid, the first federal food guideline came out in the 1980s. Okay, so if you really think about it, right, our gen the generations older than us will obviously have a little bit more awareness and input on this, but in the 1980s when the federal government produced your food, your first food pyramid. It was the FDA, right? The FDA. Yes. It was, and you can find images of it still, actually. You can still find it, mm -hmm. but... You know, we all know how the pyramid works. So whatever's on the top is like your smallest and whatever's on the bottom is what you're recommended to eat the most of, right? Mm -hmm. So when it first came out in the 1980s, they had carbs, breads, pastas, all of that at the bottom of the food pyramid. Yeah. So it was recommended you get 7 to 11 servings of carbohydrates a day. For a healthy diet. To be fair, though, they did exclude sugars and stuff. That was at the very top. You weren't supposed. It was like it says as little as possible of like sugar. Right. It wasn't necessarily like the cookies and cakes, but it was still bread and bread, pasta, and rice, pasta, rice, right, all of that. And this, there's actually a wonderful film about it called Fat Fiction. Mm. You can actually watch it for free on YouTube, so you should go and see that if it's something you're interested in. But they talk a lot about it because the mentality surrounding it at that time because it was very in in what i'm going to say a very neanderthal like way of thinking they felt that you know you, carbs were better than fats in your diet because fats made you fat <laughs> fats were fat you know what i mean was... like people automatically assumed if you gained weight and you gained fat it's because you were eating too much fat which i mean can because fat has a lot of calories per right gram. right right but you know the fat necessarily in your diet that you're consuming is not what's contributing to your 
weight to your fat stores alone. Right. There's been actually research too, as far as dietary fat, um, dietary cholesterol actually has less contributing factor to your blood cholesterol levels Correct. than we originally assumed. That's why like eating eggs and stuff, they were like, oh no, you can't have more eggs because mm -hmm. eggs have tons of cholesterol. Yeah, not but true. But that's actually not as true, not as true, I say, because we go back and forth on this stuff sometimes with science, you know, new evidence comes out, which is fair. You know, we go with right. the most up-to-date evidence and right now it's that... Um, your overall diet, as we were just saying, mm -hmm. it contributes to your cholesterol. Now, if you eat an egg or two, you know, you start eating them, all of a sudden your blood cholesterol supposedly isn't going to just skyrocket because right. of that. Right, right. Um, so, um, so in other, in other words, that with fats, um, you can eat fats in things. You know, mm -hmm. you're not just supposed to say, oh, fat is going to make me fat. Don't eat fat. Right. That's not the case. And there is a big difference also between healthy and unhealthy fats. So Quite. It, it's definitely not simple by any stretch of the imagination but mm. it's also not as complicated as we tend to make it yeah you can simplify it to a basic concept that's actually easy to follow e relatively easy to follow right right so again like the food pyramid so when it first had come out they were recommending 7 to 11 servings of carbohydrates a day for the average american okay, okay. so in the 2000 calorie a day average diet of course you know saying. that yeah. very basic number mm -hmm. um but lo and behold you know, as people started doing that and eating all of these carbs, 10 something years later, they're like, why has the obesity rate shot through the roof? Mm. I wonder. <laughs> mm. I wonder. So, you know, in that moment, it was kind of like egg on the face. You know, they had to do some backtracking there and rearrange that nice little food pyramid they got going on. But this is also partially why, and this is such a big, com bigger conversation than this, but why... I have a lot of trust issues when it comes to government and food. Oh, of course. <laughs> because, you know, the things that are, are deemed passable here in the United States are just, are, are literally illegal in other countries. Well, one of my favorite examples of that recently is Subway's bread. Yes. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if I should be talking about brands, but um, it's, it's a news thing. So, like, uh, their bread here isn't even considered, doesn't meet the requirements in other countries to be called bread. Right, it's right. Like, and it's like borderline. Right. It's not something super significant, but it is something to think about. But it is because the thing is, it's, you know, we can sit here and talk about the food pyramid all day, but what really does kind of matter is what is in the food you're eating. That's, yeah, that's 100%. The biggest thing is, is all what it's made of and where it comes from. Right. And the, the composition of your diet as a whole. Right. It, it's, you know, it's not as simple as, okay, just don't eat that much bread. Like there, there are other aspects to it and everybody is different. So like the our bodily needs on a day-to-day -day basis are generally the same, like, you know, hydration, sleep, food, whatever. Yeah. But your your breakdown, your microbiome in your gut is different for everybody. Yeah. I mean, look at people who are lactose intolerant. Right. There you go. Right. So <laughs> they automatically have different needs. So it's it's one of the most complicated, uncomplicated things <laughs> mm -hmm. ever, really. Well, I think that's something with our whole... That's what they tried to do with the food pyramid. I think that was good. I think there was good intent at first. Um, right. I'm not but, saying they in maliciously did that. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but we generalize a lot as a society, and we don't account for individual needs as much um, because it's it's hard to accommodate and to like conceptualize a concept like basic nutrition when there are nuances for each individual. Well, in a global setting, I think it's kind of impossible to consider each individual need. And that's why there's a basic guideline. But 
as a whole, then your responsibility as the consumer and as the individual to manage your own diet and figure out what works for you. And educate yourself, right? Yeah. Education on this is uh, very important, which is uh, what the food pyramid issue, you know, we came to realize as we learned more and look back, it's like, we, we really taught this, this is not right. Right, and really with the introduction of the food pyramid and obviously the incorrect information that had been put out there, I really feel like that's when diet culture really kind of started to get wings and really was born into what it is now. When I think of diet culture, I think of the 80s. Yeah, and the, the fucking 90s. like snack wells and like mm -hmm. all of those stupid marketed fat-free, low-fat foods. Yeah, fat-free was huge. Yeah, because we were being told to eat carbs all day. Right. And that fat made you fat. Right. Where a little tidbit that fat actually contributes to healthy hormone levels in mm -hmm. males and females. It's not just like a testosterone thing I'm talking about. Like your 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 endocrine system as a whole actually uses fats and breaks down parts of the fats to generate um, all these functions in your body. Yeah. I mean, you need all of these things in your diet for a healthy, optimal function. It's about balance is really what it is. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, that that notion tends to be missed in our society as a whole. Again, mm -hmm. you have like keto, right? So keto is Oof. quite the opposite of the 1980s food pyramid. You basically want little to no carbs in your diet. And... Uh, to touch on that a little bit, um, keto is a little scary because it works, like to lose weight. It works because... Um, to your point, we were talking about it a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, where you realize that um, carbs are one of the easiest forms of food to consume. Like mm -hmm. it's it's so easy to make. I mean, bread is cheap. You know, it's affordable. It's the most affordable too. I feel like. Um, so when you cut out something like that, it becomes less convenient to eat. So mm -hmm. you're actually just reducing your calorie intake as well. Um, whereas also carbs become broken down into more sugar. And that just gets stored as fat if it's not burned off. So keto can work. And I've seen it work and people have a lot of success losing weight um, with keto. And then they get stuck on it because uh, it's like addictive. But, and then becomes unhealthy for your body because you go into the keto acidosis. Right. I mean, it's, you know, there are a lot of calories in carbohydrates. And yeah. as we know, the only way to lose fat is a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. have to be in calorie deficit to lose fat. There is no magic pill, serum, shot, dumb shit like that. It's it's simple mathematics, really. Right. No, I don't want to say simple, but it's mathematics. <laughs> right. Well, plus and minus. Right. I in, mean, in you know, out. you have to figure out your BMR, your basal metabolic resting rate, which is the calories you burn just by existing, just mm -hmm. by getting up and, and being a human being. Right. And everyone's BMR is different, but you really have to learn that as your base and then take from there yeah. So it's, you know, again. I mean, even if you get in the neighborhood, you'll get, you'll get close. You'll get, um, it, it's all about finding where, yeah, finding your BMR, um, is important. Um, it, it's not necessary to get it down to the one single calorie. No. Um, but, but as, in a range. Yeah. As long as you know, uh, generally what you burn, start paying attention to it. Um, that's how you can uh, start to get what you need for the day. Right. And we'll like go into more of that, I think, during more our, our like specific nutrition focused episodes. But it's kind of important to understand that in order to understand how we culturally have gotten this far away from what a healthy eating and healthy behavior looks like around food. Mm. So it's again, it's a complicated, uncomplicated thing. <laughs> yeah, food definitely is because it's needed for survival. 
we've in some cases idolized it for celebrations mm-hmm. and and like and happy we've always mostly associated with like positive things so you feel like the more you eat the happier you are you know eat drink and be merry right but it's also again that that movie fat fiction is just fantastic because it kind of addresses some of that in a way because they talk about how you know if you think back to many years ago like studying in social studies right there was food famine this wasn't always the case food was not readily available for a lot of people Mm. so i think that might be a piece of the celebration is when you had it like you were rich in your home at that point feeling good yeah but the other piece of it is the introduction of sugar into the american diet has completely changed how we feel about food yeah i I, I, should not have feelings about food (laughs) right in the global diet and even um sugar spoiled our palates in a way think about back before sugar was um it was like spices Mm -hmm. and stuff like that for flavors right um, and sugar's addictive. Right. Versus this like, this underlying sweetness there is to everything now. Uh, everything. It's either sweet or salty. <laughs> right. And things that like don't even make sense to be sweet or sweet, but mm. the whole nother thing. But, you know, really what it comes down to is, you know, fats are good in your diet. Carbs are good in your diet. All of these things are not. Protein. Really bad for you, you know, and yes, protein. <laughs> but. It's learning how to balance it out and learning what you need for your body. Because if you are somebody who struggles with like celiac disease or diabetes, you're obviously going to have a little bit of a different need dietary, dietarily, <laughs> I, I guess. Know, I don't know what that would be. We're going to go with it. Um, then an average person who's not living with this ailment. So that always has to be taken into account. But this whole grown adults going on keto, you know, the, the basis of keto was never meant for adults to use as a diet. It was for children who were epileptic. Like this diet came out in the 1920s, 1930s as a way to manage epilepsy symptoms for children. How did you find out about that? I mean, you just, you know, research. You look things up. You can literally look any of this up at any point in time. But this is also part of the you as an individual having to take responsibility for your diet. Mm. These are not things that are like hidden away and that you have to like root around in the earth to find. These you have a phone. Everybody has a smartphone now, right? Yeah. Use it. Almost all the information in the world available to you pretty much 24-7. Right. So instead of scrolling Facebook, use it to make yourself smarter. Yeah, I try. Go on YouTube and look up some just random like educational history stuff. Or And then again, you can fact check all of that. Like don't just take it at face value and really look into something if you're curious. But mm. I think a big part of the problem is people tend to take everything at face value, including their diets now. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's, they feel like we're trusting the government with it because, I mean, nutrition labels are governed by the FDA. It's a joke. It's absolutely a joke. I mean, yeah, you can, oh, there's always been the joke about serving sizes. It's like, you know, you eat a whole thing. It says four servings. It says family pack. It's four servings. And you eat the whole thing. It's like, I guess I'm a family of four myself. It's yeah, like, it's always kind of ridiculous. Even looking at the ingredients that are allowed in food. It's kind of kind of gross it's disgusting so you know this is why i will never be when somebody tells me i can trust the government it's laughable to me yeah it's really laughable to me because they're telling you that this is perfectly fine to put in your body knowing it has all of these harmful side effects yeah and we still do it because we don't know better and it makes us feel good right because we do attach food and the dopamine we get after when we're eating 
you know, these are good feelings attached to food. Yeah, they You're are. signing them. Um, I feel like there is a survival aspect of that because, you know, it feels good to get your nutrition in and be able, you know, eating for survival is, um, is a positive response for your body. Yeah, but we're not eating for survival anymore. Oh, no way. We're so far from that now. So far from it. We're eating for convenience. Uh, and, and comfort. And for comfort, right. And it's, you know, it's kind of, I think, got us down this really wild path that, you know, like the, you wouldn't even recognize the food in front of you if this was 100 years ago. No way. Not at all. Not even close, yeah. Did you know corn as we know it, corn on the cob mm-hmm. doesn't naturally exist? It's a yeah. GMO. Oh, I know. The whole plant is a GMO. It was yes. like it was like as big as like baby corn, and it was practically inedible, and it was mm-hmm. just like seeds. It was just like a little plant, and uh, they they bred it basically. Right. Um. The the uh, Ma- uh Mayans, I think it was, something like that. One of them. Oh, yeah. One of those ancient like, uh, civilizations. They 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 they. It was like a famine kind of thing. They needed food, so they made they over time they bred this for, you know, extra nutritional value, which actually doesn't have very much of. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's just like a, a tummy filler, basically. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just so much that goes into this topic. And this topic actually really frustrates me as a whole, especially as somebody who, as an adult, I've had to teach myself most of this about nutrition and the you know, classes of food and what they're assigned as and what they do for your body, how it breaks down in your body, what your body stores as fat and uses as energy and, and all of this stuff. And it seems like a lot to figure out. But for me, like once I started diving down that hole, it just, I couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah. And it all makes sense. So once you start it, it's not going to conflict each other really. No. So you, you can latch onto a little tidbit and take that, implement it, mm-hmm. and then learn the next thing. Say, right. what else can I change? Like make gradual improvements. So learn something, figure out like what a good carb balance is and, mm-hmm. and try to get try to get it balanced. For That would be my tip is try to get it. Right. Uh, fats, carbs, proteins, and calorie intake all balanced out. Yeah. And really... Take a look at it. I know, you know, there's always the back and forth about whether or not it's a good thing to track your calories in terms of of just living a healthy diet. Wait, you're saying that there's people who argue against tracking your calories? Well, like we discussed in the last episode with eating disorders, there's a lot of people who obsessively track with their eating disorder their calories. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So it's an individual thing. Like for some people, they should, you know, they should and need to track it in order to understand where they're at for the day and what they have left. And Right. It's also a good way to really understand how many calories you're eating in a day because most people have no fucking idea. Right. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it's not something you pay attention to unless you're paying attention to it. Right. And what a lot of people don't realize is the things you eat in an average day, how many calories they actually can include in them. Yeah. Um, look at uh, Doritos and Oreos. Yeah. Those were two of the some of the uh, most shocking just pure mm-hmm. amounts of calories in those two foods you wouldn't even imagine. Like, yeah. think about the size. I think it's like three, two or three Oreos has like 100 or 200, almost 200 calories. Yeah, it's like the portion size and, and actually how much you're consuming within that when you look at, you know, compare it to tomatoes. Right. You can have like a giant bowl of tomatoes for like 50 calories. Yeah. And it's nutritionally just better for your body with the nutrients in it. Yeah, definitely. But that's, you know, again, that's, part of the 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 unaware aspect that people hold when it comes to food yeah and you can't really blame people uh to an extent i mean you have to be responsible for what you're putting in your own Mm. body but like you said about trusting the government um we were given this information so we take it up okay well that's all figured out for me then 
Right. You know, so I don't really have to think about it. I just follow right. this. I just do what they tell me. Right. So don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you should mean I shouldn't do what the government tells me? No. Crazy. No. Probably wouldn't be where we are right now, but I digress. Anyway, as a whole, food and nutrition is something super important to kind of get a hold of on your own. And like I had already referenced earlier in this episode, um, each person has a microbiome like right in your gut. And that really is so individual and it really kind of will help guide you in yeah. terms of what you really need for your body to function correctly. Yeah. So, and then we were talking about tracking it. So it's hard to make a change if you don't know what to change. So you need mm -hmm. information. You need to give yourself some information on what you're consuming. Right. So that way you can make the adjustments because if you really don't know... And if you're not tracking it, I promise you don't know. No, you don't um, know. No offense, but you don't know. And don't start tracking after you've been on a diet. You need to start tracking like in a normal day. But but again, this also comes down to being ready to take a hard look at your own habits. Oh, yeah. Because when you sit down and if you're like, all right, I want to do this. I really want to know. Start tracking what you're eating in a day before you put yourself on that diet. Yeah, don't make any changes. Right. First. No, Just whatever you would normally do. So have that full fat soda. Like do, you know, if you go out to lunch with your coworkers and you always get the burger from one place, get it. Right. Even for like a week or two. Just learn before you even go down that road. Learn where you're already at. You yeah. can't know where you're going to go unless you know where you're coming from. Right. And that's that's not going to be, you know, you're, you're saying you want to start changing your lifestyle. That's that's a that's a step. Yeah. It's not like you're doing nothing. You're getting right. information. And that's part of the process. And then when you sit back with that data you've just collected from that week or two, you're going to be shocked at what's in front of you. 100%. Yeah. Um, uh, the app that I like to recommend to people because it's pretty simple is MyFitnessPal. Um, you can go in there. And there's, I mean, you just search a calorie tracking app on your app store. I like the store. Lose It app. Okay. Yeah. There's, but it's there's, different for everybody. Yeah. Whatever one works for you. Um, and a lot of these, like most of them, I think, have like a thing you scan the barcode on stuff. Yeah. Um, and honestly, when I was tracking my macros a lot more rigidly, I found it easier. Um, I'll be full disclosure here to go to like fast food and stuff, because if I go to a deli to get a sandwich, it was mm -hmm. a little difficult. Harder to track. Yeah. It was a little difficult to see how much uh, is on there. So, uh, when you start making changes and stuff, um, I, I think you should just, if you get run into that situation yourself, it's honestly better to guess, like take a guess. Like at how many pounds of meat, you know, like a quarter pound or, or an eighth of pound, because it gives you like an ounces or, or whatever on the app. Um, mm -hmm. And I would say still take a guess, take a guess at how many calories in it, because if you're still tracking that, it's more information that you had before. Well, a lot of things like the apps, if you actually just look up like a ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah, they have something in there. You can actually take just a general understanding from all the stuff around it that people mm -hmm. have logged and, and you know, that's more of an educated guess. Yeah, or use that, right, yeah. So it's not it's not like it's not doable. It's just it does require a little bit of extra work. Yeah. But, you know, I think where we kind of miss that is we have become a society of convenience when it comes to food. Oh, yeah. And talk about tracking that's extra work and then when you realize how many calories you're consuming and then you actually do want to do something about it the key is usually eating at home meal prepping making your own food you will know exactly what you're eating yes but again this becomes extra work it is it is extra work um but if you want that information and you want to start making a change it's mm -hmm. it's going to be worth it for yourself it absolutely is. It's it's really what's going to make the difference and not even just in your diet in your money you don't realize how much money you spend on food and coffee and all this crap that you buy out mm -hmm. until you stop. Yeah. 
and you're like, what bill did I not pay this month? <laughs> well, that was just your gut. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, and you're going to feel fuller too mm-hmm. because this stuff has the nutrients that you actually need. Right. Um, Which, you know, most fast food is actually quite void of it. So yeah, we really got to take a harder look at it as a whole. But there are things you can do. And I think there are such simple steps and we've already kind of touched on some of them. Um, but, you know, my biggest suggestion is just start tracking from where you are right right now today. Even if you don't want to make the change yet, just start doing that. Yeah, it doesn't take that much time. And, you know, further down the line when you, or even if, right, because no judgment here. If you don't want to change, then don't. It's up to you, man. But if you decide that's something you want and you start changing those habits, you will feel better. You yeah. generally just feel better. And just take the time. Not only physically, but mentally, because then you, you made a change, you achieved it, and you have better health in general. So your, your mindset is going to be better. It's, it's just overall better quality of life. Yeah, I mean, you really have to decide that you as a person are actually worth it. Right. And, you know, you are worth more than the trash you're putting in your body. Yeah, you really are. So just baby steps. Really start there. And we'll continue to talk about this more as we go, but this is really just our jumping point i think of all the nutrition stuff that there is to get into yeah i feel like we covered a good spread of stuff that's going to give you something to think about yeah and uh you know come back for for the ongoing talks about nutrition and wellness and all things involving your health yeah don't forget to check out our website ripsrepsrevs.podbean.com uh find us on facebook of course uh rips reps revelation rips reps and revelations you can search and uh Yeah, have fun. Good luck. See you next time.